Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast, episode 42. Friends and dare I say, listeners have been around long enough to even use the word family, maybe? My name's Nolan. With me is I'm Janelle. And Alex. Is that too is that too forward? I think for the listeners. I think we should wait until 50 before they Episode 50. Yeah, they're not. Like, you can't rush these things. Like, we're family to them, but they're not yeah. really family to us. It's a parasocial yeah. relationship that we have with our listeners. Yeah, if you're frankly. an actual listener who cares about <laughs> us, you'll have a parasocial relationship. Yeah. Uh, well, let's say, uh, hello, friends, and... Acquaintances. Loyal acquaintances, yes. Yeah. This is the Emerald Gamescast. It is October 21st. It's only 10 days before Halloween. And um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling spooked. How about you guys? I'm pretty scared most of the time. I, have, I was going to say, I'm just generally terrified. I have pretty terrible anxiety. So most of the time I'm pretty scared. And then we watched a YouTube video the other day that scared me so bad that I started crying. And I'm still afraid, even though we only watched a guy in a street talking about it. So yeah, generally it was, I'm pretty scared. It was very, um, Alex, you know, down the rabbit hole. Oh yeah, I love him. It was not a down the rabbit hole video, but it was very oh, okay. similar to that. Like just ominous music and yeah. a guy with a very like slow cadence voice describing these scary things and oh, it's better than video games it was better than it, video games it's the season so i was like i want to play a, a scary game and i and? got the dlc that i didn't get because there was a, a big sega sale there was a sega anniversary mm. i got the dlc for alien isolation oh that game's game rad yeah i i never finished it and i was like i'm gonna finish this game and then i the, launched like, it and Master i said Thomas dlc uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, yeah, the original ship, and then, like, another, like, campaign and some other stuff. But I launched the game, and then I turned it off. I was like, I don't want to do this. I get I get scared easily. I'm a, I'm a big old scaredy, scaredy pants. I don't like the end of that game, but I won't talk about it, I guess, because nobody else here knows the end of that game. You know, I will say, like, there's probably a listener out there speaking to scary, game, scary games is playing Phasmophobia, because we should say that that's the number one selling game on Steam right now. So. Is it? Yeah, it's a early access game where you play as a ghost hunter and um but like an like an MTV ghost hunter, not like a yes. ghostbuster. It's like not yeah. ghostbuster. It's like you're going like, into empty houses and sort of doing some kind of like ritualistic shit with like a all a rickety VHS camera. Is it like you all of Resident Evil 7 opening? Kind of. That's my image. Uh, I haven't played it. Okay. So it's it's like I guess there's a couple... My roommate used to watch a Ghost Hunter show. I don't remember what it was called. But it was that idea where it's like, they bring a spirit box and they're like, are you there? What's your name? The yeah, game- and the biggest thing that I've heard about this game is that they use voice recognition for you to actually yes. do that with your voice. And um, So you can ask the ghost its name, its gender, like how it feels, and it will respond ASL. to those things. Sure. And yeah. there's a uh, there's like a Ouija board component where you you're, you and your friends... Use, you're, you're, you're supposed to not use push to talk you're supposed to use like game chat so that when yeah. you want to talk to your friends but if you speak if too, too far loud, away, yeah 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 you speak too loud the ghost might attack you so you have to kind of like whisper to each other across the room and isn't it vr uh, it's, probably it is be. vr but you can also use it with not vr really well then yeah listeners anticipate a Maybe a Halloween live stream or something. Yeah, all, all well, we, to... we we don't have that cleared, but... But all, all, all this to say, I think that we'll probably have... You know, I think we should play some of that before Halloween. Like, expect us to yeah. ha- at least talk about what that game is like. But uh, in the meantime, there was some stuff that happened this week. It wasn't new video games for us, but there's there's been some news. Not a lot yeah. of news. We're, there's we're been in, news. 
We're this in... is some interesting news. I still think that's interesting news, but there is interesting news. But we're we're in a news desert. I think desert. you guys can agree. Yeah, we're in a news desert. It's it's been so slow with video games, and there's been some announcements. Like there's announcements, but for some reason, I feel so disconnected with what's happening. Like the you guys knew this, but listener, did you know that there's a remake of um the game thirteen, like the Roman numeral thirteen on it's an old Xbox game adaptation of a comic book. I love that our game. Entire, our audience is collectively shaking their heads. They don't yeah, know what that I, is. I, I, I but didn't know like that's that even if you don't know what it is, it still proves the point. Like announcements today are just sort of going up into the ether on Twitter or whatever. And you know, maybe you see like Wario yeah. sixty four retweet it, but if you don't, it's just gone. So yeah. It's only news if Wario sixty four retweets it. Like, and I say this only with a little bit of irony. Like, or that dude is on top of it. Yeah, Nibel's up there. Is it Nibble or Nibel? What do you think? N N I B E L. Nibel. Nibel. I always thought it was Nibel. Yeah. Okay. It's like Nibel. Okay. It's called Nibel. Well, there is some news here that Wario sixty four hasn't tweeted, but that's okay because you're hearing it from, uh, you know, your Your, favorite, your trusted news source, Emerald. Yeah, absolutely. You guys. Well, Alex was just mentioning before we started recording um, that when we started this podcast, we were very inspired, openly inspired by the Giant Bomb cast. Yes. Which is sort right of Right like, down to the, its unbearable length. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, their episodes are like three and a half hours long. So yeah, yeah. We are. But, but if you're like uh, the listener that listens on three times speed, that's the same thing. As our <laughs> but uh, Giant Keep Bomb going. was probably, it's, it is the number one gaming podcast in the world, um, or Rather, it's like a media conglomerate, but their podcast is, is their biggest, uh, like, product. Yes, yes. They were owned by CBS, uh, like, uh, Viacom. And yes. they have been bought out by a marketing company called Red Ventures, which is not, like, news in so much as Giant Bomb will change. But um, it's been it's been kind of big in the, in the sort of sphere that they occupy a little bit. Like, Alex, you, you mentioned um, that... You were the one that added this story. You probably had yeah. something you felt like so, ramifications of this. Yeah, the the weird thing about Giant Bomb is that they're very, like, they're almost kind of punky, right? They're very indie. They are a, an incredibly small team of, like, there's, like, two offices, one on each coast. And there's maybe, like, ten people on each office. They're very, very small for how big and how impactful they are. Um... So my, when I first saw this, my initial fear was like, oh, they're not making any money, right? Because, like, they don't, they're not IGN. They're not trying to take over the world and cover every single story. They cover kind of what they want to cover, right? Right. And, like, we've talked about Jeff Gerstmann on the podcast before. He's a very strange, eclectic person with an encyclopedic knowledge of weird video games. And that's what he likes to talk about, right? Um, and, and I think it's really interesting that... This hasn't been completely negative. There has been somebody on the team who left. Uh, Abby, I forget her last name, but... Russell. Russell, yeah. Russell. Yeah. I like Abby a lot when she's not tweeting poop jokes. She's pretty funny, but... <laughs> got her. Yeah, yeah. Um, But she got that job, like, straight out of college, so she's, like... Th- she probably saw an opportunity and was like, I'm going to try to do something else, so... Yeah. Um, but, like, Jeff Gersman also came out and was like, oh, this will be cool because we'll have an actual studio. Because it's always mm-hmm. just been an office that they've retrofitted into a podcast studio. Because their podcast is like their big thing. And like we mentioned, so them focusing on that will be will be nice. But I'm curious to see if that happens. I really hope this isn't because they just are hemorrhaging money. 
because I really love Giant Bomb. Giant Bomb was really important for the video game industry because mm-hmm. it was started after uh, Jeff Gersman was uh, disgracefully and unfairly fired for bringing up conflicts of interest. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I no. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, and you're and you want to see like the blueprints for how we framed our pod, it's evolved beyond that. But like when we first started, the blueprints for this podcast were the Giant Bombcast, like pretty thoroughly. Yeah. I just I know it's not like directly the same thing, but I feel like this year in particular, we're just seeing so many different media companies in general just like either be bought out or make such drastic changes that the websites aren't even really the same anymore like yeah who's that who's that kotaku you know like websites i follow that aren't games websites have like completely rebranded and like been bought out and it just like i can't think of any media website i follow anymore that's anything like it was even two years ago well you know what was striking about it to me was that the giant bomb people tweeting about the acquisition were finding out about it at the same time as everybody else just yeah. woke up. They just woke up yeah. one day and figured out that they were going to be in a different office, and learned that they weren't. They don't get to share an office anymore. with with Garfield and Ren and Stimpy anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody should share an office with Ren and Stimpy anymore. But they don't get to share an office with Garfield anymore. Fuck. And, yeah. and no one's talking about what this means for CNET, and I'm not either. But you can look into <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I, I get. The, I like. I said my fear is that like, oh, giant bomb is hemorrhaging money, but. If you want to listen to some really good content and a lot of really, really cool people that are either currently or former Giant Bomb, check check out their website, check out their podcast. We're not sponsored, but we like them a lot and we that's kind they of can sponsor. Oh, hey, we would not reject if Giant Bomb wanted to hire us or give us money, we wouldn't reject that. But they would not, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. Um but yeah. Just one really quick last note if that's okay. Of course. Janelle, yes. you mentioned that like it's it's weird that like all, all sorts of media outlets have changed, mm-hmm. which is weird because when the pandemic started, a lot of people were saying, oh, media is going to be huge, right? That's yeah. going to be the new focus. Like e- Disney recently talked about how they were going to change focus from, uh, they were going to put a lot more money and focus into streaming, right? Into Disney Plus mm-hmm. and whatever else they want to do. Right, yeah. Um, the prediction was kind of, oh, people will be at home and consuming content, especially like low cost and or free content, right? Mm-hmm. Um giant bomb is free you can pay for a subscription if you want but like you can access a lot of their stuff for no additional cost but you could say that about a lot of other things and a lot of other companies and studios that have struggled so yeah I don't know. like i think this is kind of a thing in general because you're totally right i i feel like in the last eight months we've seen so many like streaming platforms pop up but like just today i saw news that like one of them that raised like a million or oh yeah quibbly or quibby quibby's mm-hmm. like done already whatever yeah rest in fucking Nobody's peace surprised but like it's a weird time for media to be for online media to be kind of adjusting whatever yeah 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 which i don't know what this is going to mean for them at all but it kind of makes me wonder about like i don't really know how to form you like this idea, and I think I'm going to better with another one of our stories. Video games obviously are not like the dorky thing nobody does, like they were like 30 oh, years yeah, ago yeah. or whatever. But like things like these small gaming companies being bought out by huge like subsidiaries, or like uh, our next one of our next stories, which is like 
AOC playing a video game on Twitch. Like, yeah, yeah. this is becoming so mainstream or it already has that like it, it's just kind of weird i don't know what to make of that it's just that stuff's on my mind i guess yeah i i've mentioned this before on other podcasts and i don't think i'm the first person to say this i'm pretty sure i i absorbed this from somewhere but nerds won the culture war right and a lot oh, of yeah. people like to pretend that they didn't but no, like you know no. the comic book movies are huge video games are huge and and that's not necessarily i'm not being like hell hell yeah let's go nerds but like it's weird to think about how that's affecting our perceptions of media and how it's totally. changing and uh, and like janelle said we'll talk a lot more about that much later on yeah do you Look, guys want to talk about another weird abusive media thing or Wait, sorry really i'm sorry no i want to cut you off yeah i don't even know what i was going to say except that when you said nerds won the culture war i was thinking about back in the day when they hadn't janelle and i last night were playing on the genesis mini classic we played kid chameleon and um, mm, yeah, I was just thinking about Kid Chameleon. You should look As up. You, Ki- you should look up Kid Chameleon, listener. That game sucks. He's just this like <laughs> it's not this dude in a in a like a leather jacket leaning against a wall, and he's the coolest kid at the arcade. And they call him Kid Chameleon because that's his alias. He rolls in, and everyone's losing this game, and he's like, "I never lose this game." And then the game says, "Around here, they call him Kid Chameleon." I guess I'm just thinking if every if all the nerds were like Kid Chameleon, we they, they would have won in the '80s already. That's true. This or is like a Kid Chameleon cast. Yeah. So, Kid Chameleon is why we have incels. What? All these guys. <laughs> How can you justify saying that? All these guys who are all pissed off that they're not like that they're losers because they're losers and not because video games make them losers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like because of um, video game icons like Kid Chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I will happily pretend I get it. Thank you. Okay. Alex, um, tell us about the next story on the docket. Yeah. VR is kind of cool, right? Yeah, VR is kind of cool. Kind I remember cool. you yeah. were talking about, I think a couple podcasts ago and in person, talking about how you were thinking about picking up a VR rig or looking into it at the very least. Right, Nolan? Oh, yeah, but I'd play some crap on it like a... I'm playing like a train sim that supports VR. I don't know, man. Yeah. I want Half-Life Alex. That's like, really, I just want Half-Life Alex. Yeah. But yeah, I don't Half-Life have, Alex I don't like right. own any VR games if I were to get one. That's, that's the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like getting um, a new console. But I think one of the things you were talking about was Oculus because Oculus is very, yeah. very cheap. It has a very, very low entry fee. It's like $300 compared to like, you know, HTC's uh, or, or the Vive's. 900, like, something like that. And then like, valve's index is like a thousand dollars for the whole rig right yeah oculus is cool um or well oculus is a cool price and that's what made people really excited about it um but lately we i think we touched on this but like they announced that customers have to have a facebook account to use oculus Mm -hmm. if they don't have a facebook account they will they have to make one through oculus um and people were like this is weird and scummy i don't want to use facebook and i don't like this system and i think those people now have a little more ammunition under their belt to talk about why that is because when facebook accounts get banned it locks them out of the oculus system and it just completely (laughs) like bricks their their machine so they can't use it if you are suspended on facebook there's a reason for it yeah just a dick and they don't want you to play video games with other humans no i see (laughs) i mean like i'm just kidding of course but in in the article 
some this is a quote from the article someone says i logged into facebook's website to lock down my profile as i had no intention of using the social media site more than i needed to and within minutes of merging accounts and changing profile settings my account was banned without any reason given or cause i can think of so i mean yeah most people aren't going to get banned but you certainly shouldn't get locked out of your your you know, I mean, yeah, getting getting banned for like yeah. violating rules or like saying vile things is one thing, but like yeah. this person and many many other people have been affected by this weird bug, and that goes to show like this weird like bug. Well, it's like also, a string. It's a it's a it's a chain of DRMs that's like if creating, one falls, it all falls out. They're also creating their own their own um like point of failure here because part part of what led to this is that Oculus was not originally a facebook property oculus was its own independent company they were purchased by facebook it was a buyout so there was a time actually until pretty recently that the oculus account was its own separate account like you just had your oculus account and so when the quest 2 came out which is the newest one that requires it they you know being facebook had a kind of like process where you take your Oculus account and you could merge it with your Facebook account. You had to. You had to. So that, mm-hmm. that is, you could carry all your purchases over. And most people that are dealing with their Facebook account getting banned are reporting that that is happening during that merging process. Like something goes wrong during the merging process. Facebook security flags you as doing something shady, even though it's their own proprietary app and they lock your account. Yeah. And then you can't do anything about it because, you know, you can't you're all, use yeah. it. You can't mm-hmm. use it. You're locked out of every game that you've bought. And if you get banned, even accidentally like this happened, then you just don't get to use this other separate ecosystem. And the other part about it is that like Facebook requires you, and I'm getting this from the article here, that Facebook requires people to use their, their actual names. And like uh-huh. part, of the way it, part of the way it suspends accounts is if it thinks you're, you're faking. But Oculus never required people to do that. So when you merge your two accounts, you know, Maybe someone has some stupid name like IP Overboard or some some crap, and it just like knocks it out, thinking that you're you're creating a parody account. Yeah. So if you have a Simpsons most Lysak, uh prank call name, then then Facebook will ban you. What if your <laughs> but, name is actually John Smith or something? You know, it's like fuck. Yeah. I know you can't use that one, by the way, because I tried that in middle school. <laughs> that's that maybe one's things, not allowed yeah maybe things have changed yeah they can't use that i'm not gonna like but, retread the same things i did last time we talked about like like when they originally announced that you would have to merge the two but this is so fucking scummy yeah that, like nothing surprises me and i fucking hate facebook well it's certainly like a series of accidents like they're not intentionally well, breaking okay. people's oculuses okay, but, but it's, it's really but it's, it's showing the themes, is right because yeah. you have to connect it to a shitty scummy dangerous website it's yeah so it, it's fucking shitty yeah, it's 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 definitely not good, yeah. but I'm sure that they're they're panicking about fixing it. Do you think like, it's like actually an accident or do you think that enough people are complaining loudly enough that they're like, "Oh, oops." No, I th- I think it's I mean, I don't I don't understand any possible benefit to them well, doing it on purpose. Well, it like, doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah. The, the article mentions how like new Oculus buyers don't have to worry about this because they're just prompted to sign up for a new Facebook. Well, but that wouldn't affect the sale, right? I mean, like, you yeah, buy a new yeah. Oculus and you... It, I think they mean, like, if you buy an Oculus and you just already have a Facebook account, you throw it in there. Well, yeah. So it almost would be like... That would be like yeah, punishing people that had the Oculus 1. 
it's it's counterintuitive to to like purposely remove people because you know people for a long time have been like oh wow the oculus is super cheap it's the best entry price but there's no such thing as a free lunch the entry price is your data right like they mm-hmm. want you to make a facebook account and to use it and that's very very apparent so for them to like lock people out that's definitely an accident because like they want that data they need that data for it to justify the cost you know yeah and they must have yeah. tested this thing right Seems yeah. like a pretty massive oversight. Seriously. Maybe just everyone at the Facebook HQ already has a Facebook account. Yeah. It, it sucks too, because I have a... I actually have a, an older Oculus model that they stopped selling a few years ago. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of a hassle to put up just because it's an older model, but also, like, I don't I don't want to use it anymore because of this. Like, totally. I don't want to support this or jump on their ecosystem. Yeah, but the thing about companies like Facebook is, like, who cares if a few people don't want to give them their info which is yeah a yeah. whole different okay. it's a whole different thing but Janelle, you um had a story you brought to our attention that was pretty interesting yeah yeah i did i don't how do you pronounce the character's name we'll get there we'll get there listener okay. together <laughs> league of legends has a new champion with a name that i can't she's like seraphine seraphine i think it's seraphine, seraphine. yeah yeah just seraphine seraphine cellophane who's being advertised, I guess, as like a virtual influencer with mental health issues. So like they're having her tweet things like on World Mental Health Day with all lower caps, like lowercase. So it looks very real about how she's having like a really difficult time working so hard and loving herself. And they're just trying to make people forget that this is a video game character. And it's really fucking strange. Um, Just... As, as somebody with my own issues with anxiety and mental health, it feels very demeaning to see them, like, create this character who's this girl and just advertise her as, like, sad girl. You know, it's very it's very strange. What do you guys That's think? That's hip. That's what the kids want to see. Yeah. That's how the kids want to be advertised to is by a sad girl. Yeah. Kids love sad girls. But, like, it's just, it's really strange. What do you guys think about this? there's something i think nolan might have brought this up that it's like this is evil but it's brilliant marketing because like the actual thing she tweeted out was we're going to shanghai in two days because she's like an idol she's like a virtual idol Mm -hmm. and it's finally setting in all at once i've been working so hard and trying my best to love myself but i still can't find the confidence i need which is like a very real raw thing to say right by a corporation of course but like well there's more to it too yeah i'm I'm getting there okay i'm getting there uh and here's here's the interesting part. This is when the the veil lifts back a little bit. I'm starting to realize that I can't do this alone, and maybe I need to be the one to ask for help. So could you give me some encouraging words? I need something to believe in right now. She's, like, encouraging people to engage with the tweet, which yeah. will, like, you know, bring up the bring them up higher on the, the Twitter algorithm. And, like, like it's, it all trickles down to just marketing. And it's, like, like Janelle said, it's very deceptively scummy. Yeah, the the article mentions how, like, some of the replies were people, like, being comforting, and the other mix was, like, people criticizing it for being so weird and dystopian and manipulative. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I saw in here that Gita Jackson, formerly of Kotaku, had some stuff to say about it. However, I I didn't read that when you were scrolling. Do you guys, Alex, do you know what that's about? Uh, she kind of just covers it and from a slightly different angle of being like, hey, this is weird. And the lore behind it is also weird. Like she brings up how 
this character lives canonically in like a futuristic city that's made from like crystals from a dead race. She she makes a a strange uh, genocide analogy, which I don't think is completely off base, but it does kind of cement the like thoughtlessness of this character. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like to me VTubers or I yeah. suppose really just this general trend to personalize and 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 humanize 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 <laughs> brands because Seraphine it, it's so bizarre in that the character Seraphine lives in a world that I mean I'm not going to pretend the League of Legends aesthetic is is consistent. League of Legends seems to alternate between high fantasy and steampunk and modern day and future, just basically yeah, whatever a, they feel like is on the on on the pulse. But this character is a skin of a new character, right? Like this is not yeah. the quote unquote canon character if if League canon is to be trusted, but it is like a separate. It's so it's so confusing. But what what I think is is interesting is that League of Legends is explicitly fantastical it's 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 full of bright colors and magic and and you know enchanted weapons and weird cities and all this stuff and the branding of seraphine is like cork boards over a bed or string lights or she's sit drinking bubble tea or she's talking about her hair and there's or talking about flying to shanghai and you know requesting help a real world yeah, city yeah nothing nothing about um this character is in keeping with like the escapism of what this game tends to go for so it it comes down to like the escapism goes no further than like this excessively pretty girl who wants your help yeah and it's 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 just mm -hmm. too it's like we made a joke about a parasocial relationship earlier in the episode. And oh, we did. Yeah. Said for that. But like this, this is like the height of that to me. Well, and it's, it's just really frustrating to see so often, like it's, you know, people still hate women and you hear so much about how like all women do is bitch and complain, but you see like people fucking fawning over like an anime girl. Well, you want to know same stuff. I mean, the reason that is, is because they're not, really a girl there's a disconnect right. like we kind of touched on this a while ago uh with the vtuber thing right like in some people's minds it's very easy to separate a drawing or a virtual youtuber or digital representation of from being a real woman because they're not they're just like literally the aesthetic of a woman and they are the right. things people like about women but they're not like an actual human being right they're like very carefully crafted and manicured and marketed in such a way that separates that. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it is its own thing or weird enough by itself. But like, like you know, Janelle, the angle you brought up is really important that it, it it's also capitalizing on mental health in a weird way. And not that there's anything wrong with fictional characters representing mental health issues, because that's important. And I think that's good also. But... When the representation of their mental health is not used for the purpose of exploring or commenting on it, it's used for the purpose of, like, 
after, you know, quote unquote, Seraphine got all of those replies from people encouraging her to find the confidence she needs to be able to go do her thing she's doing in Shanghai. She, you know, the, the brand posts this picture that doesn't even look like a drawing. It's actually, I don't even think it is art. It's, it's, it's actually, um, screen caps of the tweets, uh, literally printed out and put onto a cork board, like as if it was a decoration in somebody's bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and her saying, she says, this is the tweet. I don't think I'll ever be fully ready, but I know the people that believe in me and that's more than enough. Heart emoji. Thank you so much. I mean it sincerely. I'm going to face this head on. And it's not really about exploring the mental health. It's about like, we got the engagement. We thank them for the engagement. Hashtag like, relatable. Like the, yeah. fra- like the frailty is over. Like it, it would be, it would drag on if this, if she didn't like accept the love. So she just takes it and it's over and we do it again in four days. One. Yeah. I think it's worth bringing up one really quick thing that I think we kind of forgot to mention mm-hmm. is that this is her canonically and in like real life. She's part of like kind of like Miku where it's like straddles the line between like, oh, it's this is a fictional character and like this is a this is an artist. Right. This is a gorillas and or Miku type group of mm-hmm. League of Legends characters that are in an idol band. And that's what she's talking about going to Shanghai because they mm-hmm. went and did a Miku-esque live performance at Shanghai. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Jill? Um, I was just going to say, like, on the topic of how it is important that characters represent these issues still. Like, Overwatch had a short about the robot character Bastion a few years ago, if you guys remember. Oh, yeah. That one was really good. That was about PTSD. And it was really incredible. There was one on... Fuck. The, the girl... The, like, Antarctica... Gla- uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, May. May, yeah. Um, I don't remember all of the details of that one, but that one also touches on like loneliness. Like you can yeah. talk about these things with fictional characters and have it be meaningful, but this is just muni- it's, uh, it's manipulating deceptive. sad people. Yeah, it's it's deceptive manipulation. It's I would I would really say gross. I would say it goes further than manipulating sad people. I would also say it manipulates people who are susceptible to like like comfort a girl fantasy yeah. too it's it's Absolutely. like it's a Absolutely. it's totally multiple angles totally um but like are i they said when he talked about tweeting? my first take on it is that unfortunately it is it is effective it's brilliant yeah <laughs> yeah you know it went from a marketing angle yeah it's it's insidious right it gets into there but is she still tweeting i haven't checked up on that it just occurred to me that maybe after all this they've kind of toned down um let's find out let's find out let's look up Sarah Dot on Twitter. Let's see, the last Seraphine tweet was on August 30th. She well, said, well, Loving something sincerely she, is the bravest she thing. She retweeted can do. her own retweet. So yeah, there was yeah. one from 10 hours ago about bubble tea. Or, oh. yeah, she they have her. She retweeted some Toby Fox art. Yeah, it's this account retweeting. This is even, I hate this even more now. Like, oh, retweeting like unrelated art. art yeah. Like, or like, they're making it look like she's browsing Twitter. Oh, here's mm-hmm. one of her with, like, the foil on her hair. Like, she's getting it dyed. Yeah. This is really gross. And I I really hate this so much. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. I don't... I'm just surprised. That I When you said that, I was like, oh, for sure, they've probably toned it down. But I saw a retweet from an artist that, like, I actually follow. Yeah. Like, they're really good. Oh, wow. 
there's there's art of of um her and the rest of the band members at the Shanghai airport like they're superimposed onto a real photo of the Shanghai airport and they're all wearing masks like they're <laughs> yeah 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 well uh you know yeah not not too much more to say about it but uh yeah does anybody here actually play league by the way like do you guys play league um, nope i'm i've never been into playing league very much but i used to be really into watching streams for some reason like years oh. ago uh. Yeah, huh. um, I, I played some. Here's the thing, listeners. Heroes of the Storm is better. and I had more gonna... fun with Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, it's fun. League sucks. My friend had to quit, our our friend had to quit playing video games because he was so addicted to League that over like <laughs> a few years, he spent like a few grand. Wow. This game sucks. You know what game I do like? What game? I like among us bah. among bah. us bah. Bah. I that game. and uh you know who else <laughs> likes among us the mcelroy brothers they live streamed it last night thanks for sabotaging my segue <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry who likes oh uh, it's okay <laughs> the mcelroy brothers that's who i was gonna say i feel bad yeah. for them for scheduling it for last <laughs> night that was a bad coincidence there was what? a really good uh the hard times article that was like jeb push picks the worst possible time to make a twitch channel yeah like <laughs> well uh i was gonna say alexandria ocasio cortez probably likes among us because she streamed it on twitch uh uh let's see yesterday actually yeah. um, oh well who cares about some what some politician some rinky dink little politician stream right who cares it's well, just a little stream right this was a stream where uh she wanted to do it in uh what was it called? When 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 we all vote, I believe is the name of the group, um, and it was a stream basically about promoting like you know get out and vote, which is kind of ironically funny because in in the game Among Us vote, yeah. when you click the vote button, it puts the little I voted stamp next to your character yeah. and all this stuff. And, oh damn! But um, that's true. Yeah. In any case, though, the important part of this story is that she got the second I want to say the second or third most viewed twitch stream in the platform's history the only higher one being um i guess a Fortnite game between ninja and drake yeah so yeah. this is a this is huge this is a big deal Thirty thousand, i think concurrent viewers was what it was at its peak that's why i was saying that it sucked for the mcelroy's that they had scheduled theirs for last <laughs> yeah, time too. yeah that sucks for them a lot of people showed up there was there was h bomber guy was on there was critical Pokey um, Pokemane. Gus Johnson. Um, I'm blanking on it. Oh, uh, Hassan. I don't remember his his branding, but Hassan, the uh, Young Turks guy who went and did uh, became a Twitch streamer. Uh, oh, Ilya Omar was oh, playing. Dang. Wait, what? I didn't know that he was on the stream. That's cool. The important part is that this was a huge deal mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on Twitch. Um, there was a uh, there's a uh, I don't want to say his name, but there's a certain uh, Malaysian culture war participant who very like conservative uh this it was like one of the the gamer like early gamer gators um sign fuck it, i'll say his name you don't have to say it just sign okay it all right i'll send it later but uh where he was basically like tweeting defeated like if this goes on the the republican party is doomed right <gasps> heavens uh, the, the horror the among us stream between the among us stream and joe biden's animal crossing there's nothing left for the republicans you know yeah what yeah was my favorite part is that after the stream she tweeted um not me among us yeah that was cute i that thought was it was cute. really 
really funny. I saw I saw a bunch of memes of Bernie being like, I found Iosi's body in Reactor. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they wrote it uh, they wrote it out like that too, phonetically. Um That's This fantastic. is super interesting though, because like uh I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Um That's this episode. Gene Park. Gene yeah. Gene Park wrote a really interesting article talking about how like not all this stream was successful partially because she understands the platform. It was yeah. not a voting stream first. It was like this game is also really, really good for communication. There's been a couple articles that people have written about how this game got really popular over quarantine because it was kind of just a place to hang out. There's a lot of like non-intensive things that you do and you can just talk with people about it, right? The core of the game is talking with people and organizing people together to make a group, right? Like after this recording, I have uh, a friend who was telling me that like, oh, a bunch of his friends from school want to play because they saw the stream. Right? So, like, I'm gonna go oh, yeah. play this game because people saw this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, one of the biggest problems in politics is that young people don't vote. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter get really sick of politicians telling them to vote, but it is important to vote, and you're more likely to vote if you stop associating politics with something your parents are interested in. And... So I think it only makes sense that, like, she would have the stream. Yeah. Of course it does. I mean, to be fair, I think I think a decent portion of that portion of that comes from just general apathy, too, right? Like, well, yeah. the idea that, like, oh, this political system has failed us, right? And it's this, I will admit that this straddles a line between, like, I'm relatable, I'm just like you, and, like, trying to do outreach, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what people have talked about with this, is that it's such a, it's such an interesting story, right? Because, like, this is not, like, a, a it, it's not a, like, TV special, right? It's some, it's somebody quickly organizing some people together to play a video game on a platform where that is, like, a thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe it was planned out a little bit more than Twitter made it seem, but just, like, two days ago, she was like, hey, does anyone want to play this? And then a bunch of streamers were like, yeah, I'd love to be a part yeah, of Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Hassan's team that, like, organized it, if I remember right, because he is, like... He, he recently left the Young Turks, and so he has a history in broadcast, but he also, like, is a Twitch streamer, so mm -hmm. yeah. it, it may have been his team organizing it, but I think, not to dwell too much on the culture war, which I bring up a lot now that I'm realizing this, but I'm curious how people are going to react to this. What do you think the opposition is going to say about, like, are they going to try to spin this to be like... Oh, she's busy playing video games while people are out, you know, doing doing her job. I'm not saying this like, um, I don't think that they, obviously they shouldn't be doing that. But like, they've been doing that with her and other young yes, you're right. politicians for so long that like, they're not going to say anything they haven't already said. And people are just listening to them less and less. So like, I don't expect anything to happen really, other than just like, it being a gateway to this type of event being able to happen more often. But like for the opposition, they all have this shit they're going to say, you know, and mm -hmm. it's no different than what they said when she wore lipstick on TV the first time or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Sure. I getcha. It's kind of where I'm at. Like, I know that's not a very exciting take on it, but I don't know. Their voice I think is it's right, very though. quiet. Yeah. And I think that's good. And I want to keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm not attention. Yeah. To it. I, yeah. here's the thing though. My question is, I don't know if they're going to say anything about it because, again, they are probably too deeply embroiled in this culture war. We talked about this a little bit beforehand, but, like, you know, the same people who are saying, like, oh, media is ruining 
uh, America or whatever, right? It's it's Western civilization is being destroyed by media because it's bad now and it never was. They talk about everything but video games in, in those videos and analysis and like essays or whatever because, and I think it's pretty blatantly obvious that it's because that, that would lose a lot of their supporters who are like avid gamers, right? They would lose them and then their means of revenue and their means of spreading their ideology, their like weird twisted ideology would be gone right so and like part of me is also wondering like i mean people this is not an original joke and now it's not even a joke but like are we gonna have a gamer president someday <laughs> like that's such a weird thing to think about i i mean like it kind of but do we have a, a movie liking or a book reading president no. i guess is where i'm at like that <laughs> to me it's just like video video games are the most profitable highest grossing entertainment medium on earth in mm -hmm. almost every major society um at some point i don't think we're gonna have a you know quote-unquote gamer president i think people are just gonna stop calling people who play video games anything different than people who do anything we don't sure yeah it's not like if someone yeah. comes in and you have like netflix open they're like oh you like to watch movies also what's the latest <laughs> movie that you watched are you a filmer you know i don't know i just think it's gonna die that's, yeah that's where i'm at sure i mean but, i guess uh, this kind of this kind of loops back around to what we were talking about <laughs> earlier with the you know the idea of like nerd culture being the yeah. the cool thing now right yeah totally well it's, it's interesting. I'm curious to see what what happens. Um, sorry. Seven years ago, on. Alex, in 2013, in 2013, Western civilization had not yet collapsed. <laughs> yeah, but, we, haven't, we but, didn't make it there yet. But there were video games, and there were some pretty good ones. And there I'm were. bringing it up because every week on the Emerald Games cast, we talk about the best games of a given year at the end of an episode. We started in 1995, and now we're in 2013. So... For you guys, what are the best games of 2013? Listener, email us your best game of 2013. If you also, want. If you mm -hmm. want. Or 2014. Email the next episode. What the That's heck? True. We'll put you yeah. in. Yeah. What um, are they? I'm not going to even joke about mine, so you guys go first. Because I'm going to be really serious. I, I'll go first because this is a really tough year. There's, a, there's some decent games this year. And there's some games that are like worth talking about, right? Um, yeah, they, like... You know, a couple of my runners up, just real quick, Wolf are probably Wolf Among Us, um, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, uh, which are very different, like, tonally games, even if they look the same. Uh, Link Between Worlds, uh, Brothers, Tale of Two Sons. I think, oh, Metal Gear Rising, I compl I forgot about Metal Gear Rising, Ah, oh, fuck. Fantastic game. I think mine has to be Gone Home, though. I oh. think Gone Home is a is a wonderful experience. It is a it is a really interesting story based game that does not waste my time. It tells me something interesting and original, and you know it's kind of the 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 forefather of the quote unquote walking sim that that gamers seem to dread so much. I hear a lot less of that now, but like I think Gone Home tells a very interesting story, and it it being a game that pushes the boundaries of what a game is and makes people ask is this even a video game is an interesting thing in and of itself the answer but is I also yes, really by like the way. yeah i also really like gone home i think gone home is a good game so yeah that's still, my pick it still baffles me that people were like 
I don't I don't get it, man. People were like, is this a video? I don't get the is this a video game argument. Like, yeah, nobody ever said that you had to have a way to die and well, that's the thing, right? I don't agree the with strongest that. argument. I don't agree with it either, but I think that maybe the idea back then was maybe just that that was still really new. Like that was like one of the first, that was like the first walking sim, right? So that was really new in the same way that like a lot of people said that The Last of Us wasn't a video game because it was a movie. Yeah. See, that's that's so, like that, I know what you mean and and you're you're absolutely right, but isn't that so strange that we have like a groundbreaking game that shows, hey, we had this idea that video games had systems of progression and fail states, but like, you know, what, what if one didn't? And it was really interesting. And then the the number one thing that got talked about is like whether it counts. I mean, what else? What else would it be? It's it's, it's, not, if a, I can, it's not a video. Like you're totally novel. controlling it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just really quickly, if I can go back to what you were saying about how like you know the strongest argument against this being a game is that there isn't a fail state, and games need to have a fail state. Like if you dissect that a little bit, I feel like gaming culture is unanimously a kind of agreed that lives are a very outdated system. Right? Like the new uh the new Crash Bandicoot, you don't you can turn off lives. You can just like keep playing. Is that a fail state? Like where do you where do you draw the line? So like if we look at it like that, then yes, Gone Home is a game, and I think it's a good game. I think it's one of my favorite games of that year. Um It's great. It yeah. was your pick, so I'd hope so. Yeah. No, I lied to you guys and the audience. It was actually Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. <laughs> I think that game. Is right. not, I, I think that game gets more should have more credit than it deserves. I think. Yes, I, I like good that fun. game. How about you? No. Oh, you wanted to go last. I'll go whenever, but I'm not going to make jokes. And sometimes when I get serious, you guys feel guilty afterwards for making jokes. Oh well, how about I go first then? You go first. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. You've set it up so that now we'll feel guilty regardless because we've already made jokes. I don't think you guys need. No, to, I'm not going to feel guilty. Okay. Well, it's all, okay. it's all good. It's all good. I know what I think yours is going to be, yeah. so I won't say anything about it. And I'm going to take a different route here. Okay. Alex, I echo a lot of your runner-ups. You had some really great choices in there. Um, But it's, for me, probably, and it's a hard choice because there's lots of good games in 2013. Probably it would be the HD release of Spelunky. But now that I'm thinking about it. I thought that was going to be it. I saw that on a list that I was looking at. But now that I'm thinking about it, I recall that being a 2012 game. And 2013 may have been just... The PC release. And PS. And. And. Yes. So Mm. on that technicality, I got to talk about Spelunky, which is (laughs) one of the best games that I know of in terms of the indie scene. And I would absolutely say it holds up to this day. It's a masterpiece. Um, But if I had to pick a game that is only in 2013, well, Janelle, it's the same as yours. So I'll let you go. Okay. I want to give a few of my runners up first that I didn't play that year because I think that was a really good year for video games. Animal Crossing New Leaf came out. Oh, Um, yeah. Great game. Thomas Was Alone came out. Battle Block Theater. And my most recent 2013 favorite is Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Oh, yeah. But, um, so... My dad died in January of that year and I was 16 years old and I didn't know about video games as like art yet, which is kind of stupid. But, you know, I was a 16 year old who just like shooting things in video games. So when The Last of Us came out that year, it was not only my first experience seeing like a lot of the things that I have been living in my own life exist, but also like the first time I got to see 
like a video game feel like a movie that my mom wanted to watch. And that was crazy. And I still think that's my favorite game ever. Sorry, Red Dead. It's a close tie. But like that game is not only incredible on its own, but it came out at such an important time in my life that I can't think of anything else that deserves to be anywhere near it for that year for me. You might have more to say about the game itself, but like very personally, it's absolutely The Last of Us. No, I don't have much to add to that. Yeah, that's. I I haven't finished the game, but it 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 did. It's. I feel like it's a very lucky coincidence that that happened when it did because that game really seems to deal with loss and like it, yeah personal relationships as as its like core story elements. So totally, and yeah, it's incredible. The worst game that came out that year was Amnesia: Machine for Pigs. Actually, oh yeah, that that game sucks. Jokes. I will start making jokes. That game sucks. <laughs> So. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. What's up? Amnesia Machine for Pigs has bad gameplay, and everyone says that it's an explicitly bad game because of that. But we just talked about Walking Sims, and that game has some pretty interesting things to say. Amnesia, Amnesia a Machine for Pigs. A Machine for Pigs is a is like thematically a very interesting game, but it gets derided because it doesn't have any interesting puzzles or any kind of interesting gameplay which was really the draw of the first game ah shit but i i stand by that if amnesia machine for pigs came out and it wasn't called amnesia if it was just a machine for pigs which by the way it bears no resemblance to the lore of amnesia at all which is why the game sucks anyway (laughs) i think that people would actually think really positively about that game so i don't know if i can say that's why the game sucks it's just like a bad it's a it's a it's a it's bad, bad it's a bad game. connection. It's a bad amnesia game. Um, I also want to put a shout out to the other Troy Baker game that year. I know Alex oh, has his yeah. I know Alex has his thoughts on it, which are valid. But I think for a lot of people in our age group, that may have been one of the first games that made them think about social issues so in your face in a video game. You know, and I do think that there is something important about that. Whether or not the game did that well, I I still think. I liked that game a lot. Bioshock Infinite was my game of the year in that year because I didn't get to play Last of Us until the eight, um, the uh, like ma- remastered edition on PS4. I actually got Last of Us for the first time on PS4. And Bioshock it came out like a Infinite, year later, right? So, but I don't even I don't even know if I got it in 2014. It might have been like 2015 actually mm, sure. when I got it. Um, but in any case, Bioshock Infinite was the one that I played in. 2013 and while i guess i can't really vouch for it right now in 2020 yeah it was like that game was jaw-dropping in 2013 yeah i remember i remember saying after i finished bushwick infinite to alex who lent me his copy that was the first time i remember playing a game and thinking i wish that this game could have showed up on my doorstep in a blank case with no label on it and that i wouldn't have known what it was not not because the Bioshock connection ruins anything, but if you if you didn't know, you know, when you're on that boat, that dinghy in the water, and it's stormy, and you're yeah. going up to the lighthouse, if you didn't know that you were going to a city in the sky, and you didn't know what that city in the sky was like, or that Elizabeth was there, or any of that stuff, it would have been... I mean, it's a real journey. Mm. It's, a lot, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, I, I played that game the same time that you did, Nolan. Like I said, I lent you my copy after I finished it, and I loved it. And yeah. I played it a few years later after the fact and was like, oh, you know, I, I think I have issues with it. Um, yeah. But I think it's beautiful. I think it has, it manages to make one of the best songs ever made, God Only Knows, like, equally good, but also different, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. 
it's a very interesting game, and I'd love to talk more about it, but I think we're running a little low on time, so... Can I, can I just say really quick that it's mm-hmm. hysterical that in this year, we saw at a PS5 conference GTA V, which came out in 2013. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, which man. Which is just fun yeah. to me. How many, how many GTA games did the PS2 have? Uh, like, three? I think so. Something like... The PS2 had... San and, it had GTA 3 and San Andreas and Vice City. And I think it... No, it didn't have Liberty City Chronicles, because that was later. Hang on, listeners. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's those three. Yeah, yeah. Three Vice but, City, San Andreas. Oh, I, Liberty City Stories was on that one. Okay. I, I get the games are bigger now, but it's like... And like, you know, we have talked a lot about Rockstar. Rockstar has other projects, and we've talked a lot about how we don't want them to crunch. Um... Hopefully they won't do that with the next game, which is almost definitely GTA 6. Um, Well, games are more complicated now, but... Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, yeah. San Andreas is actually bigger and more feature-rich and longer, probably, than GTA 5. You think so? And and at the time, it was was modern graphics. Like, that was was cutting-edge tech at the time. That game's really interesting. This is the most rugged i'll be on the podcast that game fucks that game is rad that game is rad i can't believe my parents bought me that game when i was a kid yeah i can't fucking believe that to yeah this day. That awesome. is great i didn't yeah. get to play it as a kid i got to go to the cd game exchange on hawthorne that's a portland oregon listener and i would go in there and they had a big like box you know the old ps2 boxes or whatnot back in the day where the front of it had like a little Velcro tab where you could pull it open and it had like a fold out of the game. And then inside that box was the actual game plus a bunch of extras. Yeah. One of those sitting up there on the shelf that I would just look at every time we went in. Never got to have that game though. So it's a tragedy to this very day. It is. (laughs) But it's about the time we got. Yeah. And that was the Emerald games cast episode 42 and Alex, in your honor, I did not make a joke about the number 42 in that. the beginning of this episode. I hate that. I didn't do it. On this podcast. Well, you but did I'll do now, it now. So you, yeah, you I'll already, do it now. You took do it now. all of the goodwill that you had that I wasn't even going to bring up. I was just going to be like, oh, maybe he won't notice it. You won't make a joke <laughs> about it. You fucking threw it all out the window. It's the first episode where if you divide the number by two and divvy both of those out as if they were years of age, you could either have two people of drinking age or one of military age and one who could rent a car. Yeah! And that's been the Emerald Games Cast episode 42. My name is Nolan. With me has been... Bob Odenkirk. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, a celebrity guest? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I thought... Here's my train of thought. I okay. know that there's a celebrity person in GTA 5, but I don't remember who it is. It's definitely not him. <laughs> I know! <laughs> okay. And also with me has been... Uh, the celebrity guest that you're thinking of is Pete from Pete and Pete, the Nickelodeon series. Ah, there you go. He's yeah, the shitty right. son. But I'm Alex. And you can email us a picture of Pete and Pete at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. And you can tweet us a picture of Bob Odenkirk at ODE Gamescast on Twitter. And we'll see you next week when hopefully I can play the 13 remake. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>